Hey guys, welcome back to Those Murder Girls Podcast. We are your hosts, as always. This is Raina. And I'm Marie. You guys, last week we took you into the missing person investigation of Gabby Petillo. And we tried our best to post all of the updates and the developments on our social media. Every hour. Literally (laughs) everything that became available as we refreshed. Podcasting, you guys, is definitely a full-time job. And we have full-time jobs. And we have full-time jobs. So, yeah. I talk to a lot of people, actually, who, like, want to start one or are curious about them. And I'm like, my biggest advice to you is to be at least and I'm not kidding like two three months ahead of yourself have everything done written out recorded then as you drop those episodes you know what I mean you can like continue to work like in the background go on vacation you can spend time with your family Raina and I spend more time with each other than we do our families at this point but we love it and we still love each other (laughs) which is nice and find yourself a good partner there you go yes that's the second part of it all okay sadly as everybody knows Gabby's remains were recovered and they were positively identified yesterday, which would have been Tuesday, through an autopsy that was performed by Wyoming coroner Brett Blue. Blue did determine that the cause of death was homicide. You guys, something that's really incredible about this case is the hashtag for Gabby, which is hashtag Gabby Patio. It has been used and viewed 800 million times online. That's crazy. 800 million since this story broke. It's Which incredible. was only a few weeks ago. Right. I mean, talk about the power of social media. It's, it's crazy. quite mind-blowing, actually. Mm-hmm. Brian, as of now, is still nowhere to be found, but this is crazy. It's believed that he was spotted on a deer camera out in the woods on Monday or Tuesday of this week, 500 miles from his Florida home. Now, Brian, who is a person of interest in this homicide case and the only person of interest, mm-hmm. he needs to be found a sap. He needs to be found, hopefully alive. Yes. And he needed to be found weeks ago. So I don't know. Do we even know if he truly went missing Tuesday, like his family said? Do we even know if that's true? Well, the van arrived back at home on September 1st, but I mean, he could have gone home and bounced out right after that, right? right? We don't even know. We are recording this Wednesday night, hopefully by now, which is Friday morning. Brian's ass has been caught. As of a little while ago, divers have actually joined in the search. They're saying that this is all routine, by the way. That's what they're saying. It's like watching this crazy... high-speed chase like seriously everything's changing by the minute and we just can't stop another thing that we thought was strange is we still don't have like an arrest warrant for brian himself. so when they catch no. him what are they going to do hey you know what brian we need you to come back down to the station we need to talk to you about a couple things he's gonna be like no nah, i'm good like <laughs> Every single resource is being used at this moment to find Brian, and there is no arrest warrant for him. So really, I actually want to know then, yeah, when they do find him, what are they just like, sir, can you come with us? Uh, No, I don't want to come with you. I'm literally, yeah, I'm going to hit up one of my friends after this. I should have done it before, and I'm going to ask them. Oh, yeah, I want to know. What happens? I mean, if they don't have. So the man that had captured the footage on that deer cam, his name is Sam Bath. Sam believes that it is Brian on that footage, and he was caught while setting up this camera in the wilderness. So the man on camera as of Wednesday evening has not been positively identified as Brian, but come on, you guys, the resemblance is striking and no one else has like come forward to say, no, that was me carrying the backpack in the middle of the morning, looking all suspicious. I don't know. Looking like Brian Laundry. <laughs> looking like Brian, exactly. The Orange County Sheriff's officers are searching the area. Nothing's been found at this time. Authorities have commented saying that that backpack does not resemble the one 
that Brian wore in, you know, some of the videos that he took with him and Gabby. But they're still asking for all the residents and those passing through that area to be vigilant, you know, stay alert. Let them know if you see anything suspicious, especially Brian. On August 26, around 6 p.m., a couple that are YouTubers known as Red, White, and Batune captured Gabby's van on their video footage. The van was partially hidden behind some trees and bush within the Grand Teton National Park. This vlogging family was editing their footage when they came across Gabby's van sitting along the side of the road and immediately handed the tapes over to the FBI. Ultimately, Gabby's body would be found not too far from that exact area, which is insane to think. We always say you'll never know what you capture mm-hmm. on, on your home surveillance camera or on your dash cam and to just go back and like check it out. This is like <laughs> the prime example. And that video also captured Brian shutting the van door. So oh, crazy. it's so crazy. Also, side note, I'm sure Brian was thinking like, oh, I'm good to go. I'm out here all alone. In the the middle middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of a national park. No, you were caught on freaking camera. Yes. Camera doing what we can assume, which was hurting, you know, sweet Gabby. But yeah, you're in the middle of this park and you were caught on camera. On camera. We'll continue to keep you guys updated on our social media. If you are not following us yet, we don't know what you're doing. Uh, We are at Those Murder Girls Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Also, you guys, if you get any updates, we have uh, listeners that send us updates on cases that we've covered. So if you guys have an update on a previous case, send it our way. We want to check it out. We're only two girls over here, okay? (laughs) I think we do a pretty damn good job. Raina and I are the dream team. But if you see an update, shoot us a DM. We'll take a look at it. Another update that was shocking. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. The case that Raina has a personal connection to up in Washington. It was the Greg Moore case that we covered back in episode 57 what happened Raina? so the 15 year old that was charged with second degree murder of greg moore is now suspected in another hit and run which actually happened days before she killed greg and it looks like so cops release this still shot and it looks like a man standing on the right side of a road and it looks like it was captured either like doesn't look like a dash cam because you can fully see her dashboard but it doesn't look like a camera maybe a cell phone or a video once again camera yeah Mm -hmm. and they are looking for this person they're trying to identify him it seems like they know that this person was hit by the car so maybe it was video footage that they've seen um, they're trying to identify him, you know, who this person is, what their injuries were, right. what might have happened, make sure, I'm sure, make sure they're okay, but then file another set of charges yes. on this cr- insane 15 year little old girl. girl. What the heck? Sorry for our high pitched m- right there, but damn. Murderous tendencies. Yeah. No, I have to try her agree. as an adult. You knew what you were doing. It was completely premeditated, you running him over on the road that day, and now you're connected to another one. She has to be tried as an adult. Hopefully. We're going to come up with a petition that everybody needs to sign for that. So you guys, we went on for a long time right now, giving you guys all the updates. All the juice. All the juice. As we were going through and, you know, keeping up on all of these Gabby updates, kudos to this father. He has a missing son out of Arizona, 24-year-old Daniel Robinson. He's been missing since June. Neither Marie or I had ever heard of Daniel's name. We're going to be very honest. Daniel's father used the media that Gabby's case is getting to gain attention for his missing son, which I think 
is kind of genius. genius. I mean, it may have been like a desperate measure for him, but it worked. If you look up Gabby missing when I was doing research on updates, I actually was getting news articles on missing Daniel. So we wanted to discuss it. We knew that we wanted to share Daniel's story. Her and I didn't have to talk long about it. So here it is. Here we go. So according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, there's over 600,000 people that go missing in the United States, and that's each year, you guys. Thankfully, a large number of those missing do return home or make contact with the family and or authorities, and their cases are closed. But there are a staggering number up in the tens of thousands that don't return home or make contact within one year, and then many of those cases become cold Mm -hmm. with that being said do you know how many unidentified remains are recovered in a single year you guys over 4,400 and only 1,000 of those bodies would be identified within a year in Arizona according to the world population review it currently has a total of 915 people in that state that are classified as missing Daniel Robinson is one of those people. Daniel is 24 and he's originally from South Carolina. Born Daniel Cornelius Robinson, January 14th, 1997. Now, Daniel was one of five children to Melissa and David Robinson II. He was also born without his lower right arm. Which would make him extremely identifiable. Yes. Now, Daniel did not let that keep him from experiencing adventure literally every chance he got. A happy guy to all that knew him, Daniel was beaming with Mm self-confidence. He had a love for all of his friends and family, and all of them desperately want him home. Daniel was a smart guy, you guys. In 2019, he graduated from the College of Charleston in South Carolina with a degree in archaeology. So that took him to Arizona, where he landed a job as a geologist at Matrix New World Engineering. Now, working there, he oversaw projects in very remote locations. He would find himself driving like really far distances for these projects. And more often from not, working in like pretty extreme, you know, desert conditions. Yes. With all that being said, Daniel's family says that they know that Daniel loved his job. It checked all the boxes. He was literally, talk about living like your dream job of what you wanted to do. That's what Daniel was doing. He had a career. This career allowed him to work outdoors. He could go hiking, work with different rock formations. I mean, he was living his life. It was Daniel's passion for working outdoors that would seem to actually lead to his disappearance. So it was on the morning of June 23rd, 2021, that Daniel would last be seen by his fellow co-workers. They would later say that at approximately 9.15, Daniel had been working at this designated site near Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road. That's approximately 12 miles from the 10 freeway. So he was conducting tests on groundwater as his co-workers carried on with their own duties. At a point in time that's unknown to those co-workers that were near Daniel that morning, Daniel got in his car and drove away in his blue and gray Jeep Renegade without any notice, any warning, any explanation. Daniel's employer was the one to place the missing persons report as well as contact Daniel's dad who made the 2,000 mile trip from South Carolina to Arizona right away to aid in this search for missing Daniel. In interviews conducted with the family and friends, They all agree that they had noticed that Daniel's personality leading up to his disappearance was a little off. The always outgoing and happy guy was more withdrawn and they just say that he was acting strange. His father, who was close to him regardless of the distance, 
acknowledges the changes in Daniel's behavior, but to him personally, he felt like Daniel was coming back around acting like his old self just before that he had gone missing. No family members and no friends believe that any of the changes in Daniel's behavior led any of them to believe that he would ever hurt himself or go missing. And they all agree that none of the changes in Daniel's behavior led any of them to believe that Daniel had thoughts of hurting himself or disappearing. Any sign of Daniel would not come for four weeks after he went missing from that job site. A cattle rancher ends up discovering Daniel's Jeep on his property on July 20th. Investigators immediately make their way out towards the spot where Daniel was last seen missing, just southeast, about two to four miles, depending on the reports that you read. The Jeep was found with its airbags deployed 20 feet down a ravine. The driver's side window had been smashed out, and so was the windshield. Inside, all of the airbags were deployed, and Daniel's belongings were inside. Those belongings included things you would take if you were going to leave your vehicle behind, like his cell phone, wallet, car keys, and articles of clothing that he had actually been seen wearing that day, which were his safety vest and his work boots. There was no blood found anywhere inside of the Jeep or at the scene, which is insane for me to think because Crazy. I've been in a car accident, glass shatters everywhere, you get it in your skin, and you drip blood. Right. So for the windshield to be smashed out and the driver's side window to be smashed out, which is really hard to do, by the way, those um, are two of the hardest glasses to break in a car. If you're ever going to bash somebody's window in to get in, you want to do the back window or the back the back doors. That's just from all that trauma to the vehicle and there's not one ounce of blood. Not one ounce of blood. And um, I didn't mention that the safety vest and the boots were found just a few feet away from the Jeep on the outside. Something's not adding up here, and the forensics was conducted by a third party that was hired by the family. For the record, the family did state that local law enforcement did not do any forensic on the vehicle. That's why they went ahead and hired their own team to, you know, help find these answers. The forensic team hired by the family was able to determine that Daniel had been wearing his seatbelt at the time of this single vehicle collision but daniel like we said is nowhere to be found and he has not been seen to this day which is 92 days later a few things that the family's pi was able to uncover from the vehicle was that black box that raised alarm bells though because the data from the black box showed daniel's jeep had actually been in multiple accidents after it left that job site one of those accidents occurred approximately four hours later. So paint transfer was found on Daniel's Jeep that, you know, corroborated that data. A sketchy fact was while on the subject, you know, of this Jeep, where it was found was an area that was searched very, very early mm -hmm. on in the investigation. They had already scoured that area and the Jeep wasn't there. So all parties involved in this investigation, they actually believe that that Jeep was planted there to kind of like throw off the investigation. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're looking for something and it's not there and then you come back and it's there, obviously it was put there, right? Flyers have been plastered around the last location that Daniel was seen, as well as the Buckeye Airport in hopes that pilots can keep an eye out while they're up in the air. To this day, no pilot has reported anything that we are aware of. Searches continue for Daniel on land and air by the Phoenix Firebird helicopters, detectives, and officers, again to no avail. 
Daniel's phone, bank records, and OnStar records have been retrieved, and none of those have offered any clues as to his whereabouts. So crazy. The OnStar was actually not even active at the time. There were no calls or messages sent from Daniel's phone after leaving the job site on the morning of June 23rd. His cell phone was either turned off or had fallen out of range a short time after he left the job site also, so there isn't any usable location information that they were able to retrieve. Maricopa County Sheriff's and the Department of Public Safety's Ranger helicopter and rescue dogs all searched the area where Daniel's Jeep was found and nothing came up. So Daniel's family is not giving up hope that they will find him and bring him home. They have been very active in the search since day one, and they have no plans on slowing down. They will continue to plan these private searches and really just be Daniel's voice until he's back home and able to speak for himself. They've set up their own site dedicated to bringing Daniel home. In addition to the website, they have also created a GoFundMe to assist with the funds, you know, hiring a private investigator, printing flyers. They have to fund those hotel stays, the desert search and rescue. Like there's a lot that goes into these searches. Daniel's father vows to remain in Arizona indefinitely. And it was crazy. So the GoFundMe has already raised $69,000. Their original goal was 40 grand. This morning when we checked it, it was at 60K. So almost $10,000 in just one day. I think it's so awesome. I think that's so great. And honestly, I I think him inserting Daniel Robinson's name into Gabby's case is what did it. I, I 100% agree. You know? $10,000 in one day. Like He's I a said, smart man. Yes, he is. That father is super smart. And Raina and I were watching actually the clip on YouTube of Daniel's father as he was speaking to reporters. Just the sound and his demeanor and the tone of his voice, like you can just tell his heart is just aching. He wants nothing more mm-hmm. than to find his son. And he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving without him. Yeah. Daniel's employer, Matrix New World Engineering, is also actively involved in the search and has shown the family support during this incredibly difficult time. The third-party forensics company that was hired by the Robinson family planned to do a very thorough search of Daniel's cell phone and his personal computer when they're finished with Daniel's Jeep. They also plan to reach out to other professionals for assistance and their opinions. Daniel's family and the private investigator are personally investigating Daniel's disappearance as a criminal investigation, although law enforcement says they just do not have the evidence to make that determination. So on their side of things, Daniel's case is classified as a missing persons case. They just said that they do not, you know, suspect any foul play. So the family's private investigator, who is a former police officer by the name of Jeff McGrath, believes differently than law enforcement, saying that he believes foul play was absolutely a factor in Daniel's disappearance, that Daniel's Jeep was staged on that cattle rancher's land in July. Well, and without a body, I mean, we you can't rule anything out at this time. I mean, he hasn't nope. been found. So I agree. We can't rule anything out. Also, during the search for Daniel, a human skull was found, but that skull was determined not to belong to Daniel it belonged to somebody else so then a different family is gonna find closure which I mean wouldn't have happened so soon if Daniel wasn't missing right a $10,000 reward is being offered by Daniel's loved ones Daniel stands five feet eight inches and weighs approximately 
150 to 165 pounds. He has black hair, brown eyes, and he is missing, like we said, the lower portion of his right arm. Tips can be sent to the Buckeye Police Department, Crime Stoppers, or they can actually be submitted to Daniel's family directly. Each one of the phone numbers we're going to list in the show notes where you guys are listening now on our social media and our website. They are all options that you can turn in any information that you might have about Daniel. Okay, I don't have information, but I have questions because I question everything. I want to know to what extent Daniel's coworkers were interviewed. That's a good point. And yeah. if there were any issues with Daniel and his coworkers, and I kind of want to know the same for that cattle rancher. Like, did maybe Daniel trespass? These are just questions in my mind. I have no idea who this guy is. I don't know his address. I don't know his name. I don't know anything. It's just a question that I have in my mind. So if you guys know of a case similar to Daniel's, someone that's gone missing, whose story didn't get, you know, that media attention that it deserved, Mm -hmm. we would actually love to help bring attention to it. So send the information to Raina and I. Send your links, any, like, supporting material you have or that you can find. And we will gladly check it out for you guys. We would like to, you know, maybe give them their own episode if we can, if there's enough content or we could do a compilation of like numerous missing people. Yeah. So send it to Raina and I. We'll take a look and we'll do what we can. We hope and pray that this gives Daniel's family some answers and hopefully brings him home safe. We never know what could happen. That whole Jeep situation could have been staged. And you know what? It could have been staged by him. Maybe he's going through a lot. Prayers, prayers, prayers that he makes it home safe to his family. Thank you guys for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to wherever you are listening now. Rate and review us. Five stars only. (laughs) We hope that you guys all have a safe weekend and we will see you back here next week. Bye, Bye, guys.